Welcome to Mornings with Martin. Christmas is fast approaching, and I thought it'd be a great opportunity for us to remember the implications and the importance of the Incarnation. Now first, uh, Incarnation, though it is at the very core of the Christian idea of Christmas, it's also a word that we don't typically use very often. Uh, it's less holly and jolly, and it's more theologically uh, accurate. So let's talk. Uh, incarnation comes, you know, it's a, a Latin term, uh, carne, coming from you know, meat. Um, so when we order Mexican food, we say, um, yeah, I want chili con carne. We want chili with meat in it. Uh, and so in the incarnation, we have uh, God coming with meat on it, on him. Uh, and I, I still hear comments that, as I said that in a sermon some time ago, and like, I'll, I'll never think about ordering Mexican food the same way again, uh, because that's what Christmas is. It's, it's God con carne. It's God with meat on. So the incarnation is, is Jesus, is, is, is God becoming like man, or taking up, uh, taking up human flesh and, and, and putting himself into human flesh. Uh, and it is an incredible event. Uh, I, I love the way that C.S. Lewis sees uh, Christmas. In fact, there's a whole bunch of stuff he says about Christmas. And the, really, uh, the first stuff he'll say is more about um, his diatribe and soapbox about how uh, we've turned Christmas commercial, which is h hilarious uh, because he's writing that in like the, the 40s and 50s. And, and here we are uh, in 2022, and it's only gotten more commercialized. Uh, so that's his first take. But the second and most important part of what he says about Christmas is he calls it the most central event in all of mankind. Uh, and he also calls it the turn, uh, the, the turn of the tide. And I love that language because C.S. Lewis wrote a lot during World War II and just the aftermath of World War II. And so war language was often in his, in his vocabulary. And, and it's a great way of seeing our existence as humans, right? We have been in this spiritual fight, this spiritual battle, since the dawn of time, or since the fall, uh, since Adam and Eve fell into sin, all the way back in the Garden of Eden. And since then, this war has taken place, and Satan has been dropping bombs on us, and we've been failing, just failing over and over again. We've been losing battle after battle. The entirety of the Old Testament is are this, these testimonies of how God's people, though dearly loved, continue to lose in this spiritual fight. Not that God loses, no, no. But rather, uh, that, that we have continually been losing. Uh, think about Isaiah. Isaiah is what we call, you know, the, the Old Testament gospel, uh, the, the fifth gospel, right? The Old Testament version, because there's so much promise and hope that's offered there in Isaiah. But man, you go through the first half of Isaiah and it, it is tough because it's, it's all like, hey, uh, we have messed up here and we have lost this spiritual battle and may the people have lost their way here. And, and that's like the, the kindest of the, of, of the prophets. I mean, go to the minor prophets and you talk about uh, the spiritual battles that are being lost amongst the people. 
Now, all of that has been happening throughout the Old Testament. And I love C.S.S. Lewis's line, this is the turn of the tide because this is the moment. Incarnation is the moment. When Christ comes to earth is when victory starts to come our way. When God gets directly, not that he's not directly involved, but he gets involved in a way that he has not been involved before. He comes in the flesh. He comes in the person of Jesus Christ. And so now Jesus, God in the flesh, turns the tide of the spiritual war and he starts having victories. Like that's, that's, what, the, that's what we see throughout the Gospels, right? We see miracles, spiritual victories. We see great teaching happening. And then when, though we would say, uh, from our perspective, we would look at the cross and we would see that's a great defeat, according to Christ. That's what being glorified looks like. That's what victory looks like, is him being on a cross and then overcoming the grave itself. And so there we have not just the, in, in the incarnation, we have the central moment of mankind, the turn of the tide, when the war finally starts to go our way. And then in Easter, we have the true victory, uh, the, the decisive blow. And now we are living in the, this aftermath of the war. Like the, the war is officially won, and yet the fighting hasn't stopped. So when we see this even in the way we talk about our dating, um, let me be clear, the way that we use dates, not the way we date like you know, people, uh, but uh, we call it you know, BC, we call it AD. All that is, uh, and I know that nowadays they're trying to come up with some uh, other way of, of using it, uh, of using those those letters. But historically, it's always meant before Christ, before Christ, because this is Old Testament stuff. This is this is when the war was being lost, and then this central moment in history when Christ is born, the incarnation, when God becomes flesh. And then it becomes A.D., right? Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. So that's the decisive moment, is Christmas, is, is this time when the war was being lost, all was helpless and hopeless, and then Jesus shows up, and the tide turns. And then as we get to remember and celebrate just in a few months, the war is won, and we get to live in this victory. And I hope that that brings some great joy to your heart as you celebrate Christmas this year, that the fighting, the fighting has been happening and it's continued, but the tide has turned. The war is won. And though the fight continues, we know we have the victory in Jesus Christ. So whatever trouble it is that that you're experiencing today, it does not win because Jesus does. And you do through him. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the incarnation of Jesus. We thank you that you sent your son to dwell amongst us, to live amongst us, and yes, to die for us. That he would rise as the, the firstborn of, of, uh, of the resurrection, firstborn from the grave. And that we would follow uh, in that same pattern and we would be risen and we would live uh, forever in your kingdom. So Lord, thank you for this great gift. We pray your blessings over this Christmas season as we celebrate with family and and friends and sing great carols and songs and, and receive and give gifts. May our focus and our hearts be drawn to you as the greatest gift 
and as the greatest giver. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. Merry Christmas. I'll see you next time.